0: It's usually how I wake up coughing, dreadfully and fear, thinking about my life, can I do it, can I make it, is it worth it, or just do it, I just throw in the towel.
1: I'm Ella Maya Tailfeathers, and you're listening to Smokestack Sandra, a three-part series brought to you by the First Nations Health Authority. Today, we introduce you to Sandra Tji. Sandra's job at Takla Lake First Nation is to improve the health of her community. But at the same time, she's struggling with her own health. Sandra has been a really heavy smoker for nearly 30 years. And as you just heard, she's fed up with it. She wants to quit. So we gave Sandra a recorder and she brought it back to us. It's full of moments from her everyday life. Today, we bring you the first part of Sandra's story. Takla Lake sits just west of the Rockies. This is a beautiful community with miles of lakes and forests. There's one school, one gas station, and one band office. That's where Sandra starts her day.
0: Hi guys, say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. People must think I'm
1: talking to myself.
0: Oh, So Wilma were going for another smoke break, and they started pretty rough for this past month and a half, I think it's been really tiresome, eh? Yeah. We're just taking a council break and our chief is looking at my tires
2: well Sandra came in really cranky this morning just trying to hard time everybody Uh, so I'm kind of glad she's sucking back two (laughs) cigarettes right now and she's she's lightening up a lot but I know you know our members are really like um, they really can get on people so uh, oh well Well. just have a smoke
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that's our chief (laughs) thank you John I grew up off reserve um, in a small community called Fort St. James. We lived on a street called Weddell Street, which was comprised of all kinds of uh, Aboriginals from different communities. Good memories in in uh, growing up in Fort St. James: fishing at Nahoonli Creek, riding my bike, the the smell of sawdust on my dad. Um, He worked at the middle there, high school basketball.
1: Sandra's dad is from Takla, and he tells her this place is important. He says, one day you'll move up here. You'll be a leader. That day comes when Sandra turns 23 years old. She moves to Takla to work for the band.
0: So when I got up there, everybody was expecting to see me and it was so like, oh my goodness, like there was such a warm welcome. I remember my cousin um, Michael saying, finally, it's been so boring up here. Here you are bringing brand new music up and it's called Young Country. And at that point, they didn't even listen to um, Steve Earle and I brought Steve Earle. Oh my goodness, the whole summer, everybody played it.
1: There was one special moment that first year. Sanders still thinks about it all the time New Year's Eve.
0: And the whole community was there. And then when they did the balloon drop, and everybody was holding each other's hand and singing the O Lang Sy, swinging in and out. So, so 1940s or 1950s, whatever that was. And <laughs> it was so neat. Like, um, I walked out. Of the, of the small community hall and I was like, it was snowing, it was just a sensation, just like, this is my experience that I can never ever explain to the rest of my siblings. And that it was such an adventure, it was such a an emotional connection. I just fell in love with the community. It was just, that was my passion. I was rolling up my sleeves and I wanted to help our nation to, to move forward. It was just, I could see the possibilities. Initially, I was supposed to be there only for 10 weeks, and then 10 weeks was up, it came and went, and then the manager at the time and the community said, You know what? You can't leave. You just, Sandra, just stay. Smoking was always around Tacla when I got up there. Every, every house used to smoke in their houses. Everybody smoked, even in the band office. Here again, addictive personalities. I'm just having a cigarette. I'm on my third cigarette. And Sam, you wanted me to interview the first person that, <laughs> that <laughs> i got started smoking with and it's <laughs> connie abraham from tacla hello. hi connie hello so um when we f- when we f- uh, first smoked <laughs> you remember i do yeah. bad memory <laughs> <laughs> i remember your uh, wow. yellow ford truck and we, had, we were playing music and you lit a cigarette, eh? Oh, that bass, bass truck. Yeah, that bass truck, oh, yeah. yeah. I think when I smelled the cigarette, I I, I told you, gee, it smells nice, eh? <laughs> yes, yeah. I want yeah. not <laughs> And then you said, oh, do you want one? <laughs> and I said, yes. I said, I'll, I'll try one. I started buying packages of the Demorier special silver pack at that old store. Remember that?
2: Oh, that go
0: on that the, yes, silver. silver yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Sandra starts to smoke all the time when she's happy, when she's stressed, even when she's bored. Of course, her parents notice. Mom just said, it's just. Sandra, and we didn't raise up our kids to, to
0: smoke and don't do this thing. And I didn't heed those warnings and, and she said, one day you're going to remember what I'm telling you, don't smoke. Here I am, how many years later, from 1986 to now, along the way, you're, you're 23 years old, you're going through your journey, your feelings, stressors, all of a sudden it becomes a crutch, right? All of a sudden it's the, your best friend. And when you're thinking anxious thoughts or when you're celebrating something good, you grab a cigarette.
3: Well, we know um, from uh, looking at populations in the north, that smoking rates in the north, can be really quite high. Like, like as high. This is
1: Dr. Evan Adams. He's the chief medical officer for the First Nations Health Authority.
3: But um, I think in general, our smoking rates are close to double that of um, other British Columbians. I think there are several ideas about why more of us smoke as aboriginal people um some of them are that um you know if if we come from cultures of smoking like if we come from families where smoking was normalized then we have more of a tendency so if if historically more of us smoked then then more of us in the modern will smoke some people say it's that um you know we have um, compelling distractions we have hard lives and so we have these coping mechanisms When you have fewer options, smoking seems like a good one.
1: First Nations communities suffer from poverty rates way above the national average. And that's one of the reasons why First Nations people are more likely to have asthma, obesity, mental illness, diabetes, and a number of other health challenges. Dr. Adams says it can be disheartening to hear these stats.
3: It is familiar for us to see a disparity in health outcomes, and I definitely would would like to change that. I'm confident we will close the inequitable gap between Aboriginal people's health and other British Columbians' health. Because all of the trends are saying that we're getting healthier. We have more options. Uh, Our young people are healthier uh, and stronger than we were when we were younger in most cases. Uh, And we have more opportunity. And so we should be uh, getting better and we should have uh, more chances to fulfill our potential, as, as they say.
1: You are listening to Smokestack Sandra, a series brought to you by the First Nations Health Authority. I'm Ella Maya Tailfeathers. Back in one minute. Welcome back to Smokestack Sandra. I'm Ella Maya Tailfeathers. Today, we're telling the story of Sandra Tji. She's the deputy chief of Takla Lake First Nation. She's 52 years old, and she's been smoking since she was 23. We asked Sandra to describe her favorite time to smoke.
0: Okay, first of all, I'm in my truck, and then um, White Hot by Red Rider. Oh my god, we're wind down the window and grab the cigarette, and let's fly at her, and we're having a good old time.
1: Doctors call this a trigger. If you smoke, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's all those little things that are sure to bring on cravings. Coffee, booze,
4: a break at work. The rock music one's interesting. I've never heard that trigger before. Um, But I'm sure she can temporarily maybe switch to another genre of music that doesn't remind her of smoking.
1: This is Lindsay McDonald. She works at Vancouver Coastal Health, and her job is to help people quit smoking.
4: The withdrawal will probably last between you know a few days to a few months and a lot of times people do have to give up some of their favorite things during that time and then eventually the sort of trigger wears off. Ideally you'd find something else that gave you as much pleasure. Some people have to maybe temporarily give up coffee, they might switch to tea, they'll do something that's equally as rewarding. You don't want to feel like you're cutting things out of your life that you enjoy, you want to add things in. So focusing on the reason you're doing it, staying positive would be really important.
1: Sandra is driving her Chevy Silverado. Her husband, Cyril, is in the passenger seat. After a couple hours, they notice something on the side of the highway. Sandra pulls over.
0: It looks like a grizzly bear. Oh, a bear got hit and it's just struggling.
1: <coughs>
0: There's two cubs there. Okay. I'll phone the police. Hi, I just phoned in earlier about that, that bear that was hit by a vehicle. There's also two little cubs there. They hit the mother. Oh, they're in the bush. They're watching their mom die. Oh, it's just sad. Okay, yeah, those cubs. Okay, but Did you
2: get through?
0: I got through. They're bringing the conservation Great officer. Sir. Why is that guy taking a photo of it? I don't know. Ah, don't they have respect? There's my buddy, uh, Guy Guy and Ruby Prince. Standing beside it. Somebody just hit him and left him. What the fuck? I know. See, our Indian way we don't do these things, eh, guy?
3: Okay? Yeah, we have to take care of it somehow.
0: Yeah, look at it breathing so heavy. Yeah. Our Dakat people. Yeah. Don't like seeing these kinds of things.
1: Sandra gets back in the car and continues the long drive. After a few hours, she arrives at Takla Lake's Prince George office, and she finds the chief inside, hard at work on a Saturday.
0: So, good afternoon, John, Chief John French. Ten years, 20 years from now, um, in terms of Takla, what would you like to see for our people and our nation?
2: I would like to see good health and happiness. The rest, you know, if if we become a wealthy nation, so be it. As long as we're healthy, and, and in my way it's mind, body, spirit, you need to take care of those things, that's your health. I, I think that's the most important thing.
1: This is not Chief John's first term. He ran the band 10 years ago. Now he's back to focus on economic development. That's a dicey topic in Takla, like it is in lots of First Nations communities. There's a need for jobs and economic growth, but people also want to protect their environment.
2: I think the biggest thing I see um, is is we resist a lot of things and and with good reason, Um, we don't trust with good reason, because we've been screwed over and over and over again by government and industry. So our guards are up automatically through residential schools, um, little tiny reserves they stuck us into, you name it. But there's also stuff that's going on now out there with industry that we can be a part of and employing our people also revenue sources getting back to our nation our own education systems and things like that Um, it's statistically proven that a richer nation more economically driven nation is a much healthier nation so all those things will help our nations and will help the ones that are really struggling a lot uh, move forward
1: Sandra gets back into her car and drives home. She heads to the community health clinic. It's pretty overstretched. Sandra pulls a busy nurse aside.
0: I know there's been a lot of difficulties in our community with uh, some of the, the social, uh, socioeconomic problems that we're facing, and also the, the hurts that are in our community and how it comes out and it, it's dealt with. And then you guys end up dealing with it here at the clinic, and, 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 and it must get frustrating, Claire.
1: It is frustrating. Um, this is Claire Harvey. Is, She's worked in Takla Lake for a year, and Sandra hopes to keep her longer.
4: So we end up as counselors, mental health workers, um, administration staff. We do pretty much everything some days, and the workload is yeah, and then difficult. Uh,
0: <coughs> now, Claire, um, you see what. Goes on with the teenagers in this community and the adults, the approaches they have with smoking. What are your views as a health care provider?
4: There is a high high number of smokers in this community. One of the things I that did have an impact. Thinking back, we did go to the school one afternoon to provide visual images of the effects of smoking. The kids mm-hmm. seemed to really take that on board. They were quite, and some of the staff here actually, when they saw those images of um, a smoker's lungs, sorry and the hearts of people that smoke, it was quite a shock. And we, we printed a list of the actual contents of a cigarette, the, the chemicals that are contained in cigarettes, and the kids were kind of pretty astounded at some of the stuff that was listed there, you know, detergents, all ki- all kinds of weird and wonderful chemicals.
0: So that being said, I, I wish you a good evening, Claire. Masi, thank you. Snachalia. Gaisi, love you for what you do. And I I say, until next time. Bye for now. <laughs> so Jimmy, what do you do here in Takla Landing?
5: I'm bus driver and a maintenance man for Takla with Diesel School.
0: Do you smoke cigarettes? Yes I do. Um, how old were you when you started? Seven. And so in total how long have you been smoking?
5: I'm fifty three now.
0: Could you calculate that, or did the smoking fuzzy up your brain?
5: Uh, it's forty-seven years.
0: For me, my parents—they look down on it. They're like, "I don't expect this. You, I don't expect this from you to to, to do this." So it wasn't until I moved to Tackla that I became a regular smoker. <laughs> I snuck, and I was twenty-three. So, um, did your parents allow you to smoke?
5: No. No, I was never allowed, um, uh, even with my uncles and my aunties, I was never allowed, but I I always ran away. I took off uh, from home when I was 13 years old, and I've pretty well been on my own since.
0: I really want to be a part of the solution in getting our young people to really treasure their bodies, their youthfulness and to know that you're not bulletproof. You know, we thought we were bulletproof, right,
5: when we were young? Yeah, we did. We thought a lot that way and uh, I'm wishing that this talk and everything uh, brings you guys up in and teach us how to not smoke and not drink. I'm hurting myself because of it, and I don't like it, and I'm hoping that we do get help from you guys and get this all straightened out because I could be a very good person.
0: And you are, you are, Mm -hmm. Jimmy. Good afternoon, I'm sitting here with um, Rachel Pierre from Tackle Lake First Nation. (laughs) (laughs) You're originally from? Nicosley. Being pregnant, are you smoking?
3: Not now, not anymore. No.
0: <laughs> so as soon as you found out, you, you quit? Not right away. It took a uh, about a month. Okay. So um, how do you battle the urge to not smoking while you're pregnant?
4: I start munching on something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you're looking pretty healthy. Like, you look pretty active. I Once in a while, I do give in, and I do have a smoke. Yeah, so um, <laughs> probably just a drag, eh? yeah. After doing this podcast, has it broadened your horizon about smoking? Yes. (laughs) Has it made you feel guilty? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm with... Shalice. Shalice, how old are you? Fifteen. And Shalice, do you smoke? Yes. And when did you start? Last year. Can you explain why you started?
2: I don't know gets my mind off things.
0: Better than drinking and smoking weed. You know, I understand there's been a lot of loss in your family and, you know, contributing factors of smoking is stress. Yes. So on this podcast, they're following my journey to quitting smoking. When I see young people like you, I just want to say, please don't smoke. (laughs) Okay, so Shalise is really quiet and shy and... Beautiful, beautiful girl. Gee, look at baby's toys all all over the place. Somebody's knocking. Hey, Hi, look what Grandpa's got for
1: you. What is it? It's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Oh. Sandra has the weekend off. She decides to visit her son, Kaylin. He lives in Fort St. James with his wife, Christina, and their five-year-old son, Willie. It's a beautiful evening. Everyone heads outside. So do you like campfires, baby? It's cozy. Wait, Meadow,
0: you need your helmet, please. Oh, look at her and her bike. How cute is that? See, okay, right now is the time to have a SMOKE, but I can't because of the kids. Got a S N-E-A-K. Uh, for
3: Q U I T. <laughs> yeah, for Q. Yeah.
1: Sandra wants to be the perfect grandmother for Willie. She remembers the day he was born. On that day, Kaelin pulled her aside.
0: My son says mom. You better quit smoking, you know. You want to be here with your grandbabies. What happened to this idealistic idea that you were going to play basketball with babies and you were going to be doing all of these things with the babies?
1: (laughs) Come this way, baby. Sandra records a video of Willie on her cell phone. It's cute. Willie's riding a little bicycle around. He has a helmet on. But while watching the video, Sandra realizes there's something wrong. Who's that
0: making noise? Somebody's breathing in it. Oh my god, that's me. I wanted to be a cool granny, you know? Real healthy granny. Oh my goodness, here I am like this smokestack Sandra granny. (laughs)
3: So as a family doctor, you see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients. And so you do see those hundreds and hundreds of success stories. And so to me, quitting is very real like I can completely imagine it I've seen it so many times and then you see um, the reverse as well like those who are passing away because of smoking related illnesses and that's really painful to watch you know when when you're with a family and they're saying goodbye to someone who's passing away from say lung cancer you feel really sad for them and and you see them galvanized you know the survivors the word they say smoking's not worth it that was absolutely Horrible, and no one should ever have to face that because of st- stupid thing like cigarettes.
1: Okay,
4: William.
0: Oh, Willie, Grammy's ready. William. Okay, Willie, how old are you?
4: Four.
1: And
0: where do you live?
4: Fort St. James.
0: And you're my first grandbaby, eh? Yeah. Let's talk about cigarettes. What do you know about cigarettes?
3: They're bad for you.
0: What did you learn? It's just like sugar. What does sugar do?
3: Make your teeth bad.
0: And what else about um uh, sugar?
3: It's addictive.
0: Addictive, yes. What does it mean to be addictive?
4: It means you want a lot
0: yes you're gonna have yourself a wonderful day and when you grow up you're not gonna smoke okay that's Willie bye in our communities I I think that there's a lot of strife that endured as a people I really give it to our elders who have managed to live beyond 60 and 70 you know our elders are very very important and precious and as we see that those numbers dwindle in our community and we have to step up and how are we gonna do that if some of us smoke or some of us drink or how are we going to lead see me out there smoking, sneaking a cigarette, well, I'm still on my journey and it's going to take some time, but hey, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it, to be smoke-free.
5: Cigarettes and coffee.
1: Thanks for listening to part one of Smokestack Sandra, a series brought to you by the First Nations Health Authority. This is not the end of Sandra's story. You can check out part two right now. Just go to fnha.ca smokestack. If you're a smoker and you'd like to get help quitting, please visit quitnow.ca where you'll find lots of free resources. Quit Now also offers free phone counseling 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Special thanks to everyone else who made this program possible. My name is Ella Maya Tailfeathers. Thanks for listening.